Welcome to Peaceful Power Conversations. I am grateful. I am excited. I I'm actually I'm feeling a lot of feels right now because see Leah totally Leah when we just connected uh pre-pressing record that I'm I'm her number one fan. <laughs> but there might and, and a new fan at that, but there might be other number one fans out there. Um I yeah, I'm overwhelmed with a lot of emotions because what Leah Tang brings to it has brought to my world since I discovered her um, and her podcast is basically a big part of my life's passion and purpose. And you are in such great service as a human. So I'm just grateful to have you here. I have a lot of feelings about it. So um, with with that said, um, I would... I love your podcast intro, and I think it's such a brilliant, like, mission statement. Um, Mine still lives in the land of, like, fluff. Like, I want women to heal and (laughs) love their bodies. And you have just, so if you wouldn't mind, you don't have to have it verbatim if, like, that's putting you on the spot. But would you mind sharing the, like, your podcast name and intro? Because it's just perfection to me. Of course. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. I am truly honored to be here. I'm very excited. And so my podcast title is Your Body Is Not The Problem. And the intro, and also I feel like at the outro, I just talk about how so many of us have tried every single thing we can to try and love our bodies. We've done the diets, we've done all of the workouts, and we're like, what is wrong with me? And it's like, your body is not the problem. So my mission is to help you realize your body is not the problem. And if you've tried what you feel like has been everything, then you're in the right spot because that is what my podcast is aimed at helping you do. It's to love your body without changing it or losing weight. Yeah, that that was the phrase right there because in my service and like the coaching I do and the work I do, I always feel like, well, everyone wants this one result. And I've finally found you and some other people out there who like you actually make a result sound exciting without it being about actually changing your body or changing the number on the scale. And that said, oh my gosh, your recent post, I couldn't. <laughs> the, was that lady serious? People are serious, right? Uh, I have, I've been doing so many like stitches on TikTok from that one sound of different women saying it's like, oh, when you realize that you no longer fit into the jeans from last summer and for her of like, I'm a few pounds away from weighing the same as my husband. And I'm like, please don't like, I know they're posting it kind of like a joke because of the sound they're using. I don't think they would be serious in using that sound or what that sound is implying. But whenever I think about like self-deprecating humor and things like that, There's either a small sliver or a large sliver that is truth. And that's how you actually feel. Yeah. And the tone, I feel like the tone is this lady was taking it a bit seriously and your response was brilliant. And that will get into how I found you and how we should have made the Florida connection sooner is through Heather Vineyard. And she was on your podcast and Actually, I had, we'd been working on scheduling her on this one. And I was like, wait a second, (laughs) I gotta, let's pursue this and get her on here. 
And then I went to your page and it was just, um, I'm not a big consumer of content, but I just went through every single thing. Um, I, this, having you here is also, I would say selfish. And I don't think selfish is like a horrible thing. I want every, I really want everyone to know who you are. Um, So, so I will start with that as a question. Who are you? To me, you're someone who is speaking, um, uh, I don't want to say like against diet culture. I'd rather do the pro. I always with like my clients, I'm not like, stop doing this. We start doing this. So instead of like against diet culture, you are pro, I would say body acceptance, love, even bringing neutrality into it, um, embracing like the the now and so many practical like tips and tools and insights towards that so that is how I know you but who are you I'm actually excited to learn more about who you are who are you (laughs) great question do I know I don't know (laughs) um I was actually thinking about this recently though because I was working with a coach who was helping me work through a lot of like the anxiety and fear that I had a lot of it from 2020 still in 2021. And I've been doing things this year that it's like, who am I? Like, how did I just do that when the past Leah would be like freaking out? And it's things like going to a concert and just no anxiety at all. And it's like going up in a tiny little plane with my brother flying and no anxiety at all. And it's like, who am I? Like, I don't recognize myself in that sense, but it's in such a beautiful way. But so I would say in terms of keeping to the positive, I think a lot of my stuff is just about living life because I spent a lot of my life not living life and being angry and judgmental and complaining and fearful. And so now I've had this like realization. It's like, oh my God, my body's not holding me back from things. Oh my God, my brain doesn't have to hold me back from things. And now it's just like, now I just get to live life and I want to help other people realize that it's like, you can free up so much mental energy when you heal your body image. And that mental energy will translate into physical energy to live your life and just have fun and be happy. No, I love that. I'm definitely on that that page too. And that's why um, sometimes I find it hard for like clients to come forward, people who are struggling with body image and struggling with their relationship with food um, is because they are living life. And I can't, you can't see my face like with the podcast, but it's kind of with an eye roll. Um, and they are for all intensive purposes, functioning and you know the existence or living as opposed to thriving but um what does like what does that mean to free up all the obsession and all of the preoccupations the negative self-talk the inner critic what would be there if we like took all that away (laughs) like so that's what I hear when you share that not only are you living life but your mission so to speak is to like help others. Um, Would you share a bit of your journey? You just mentioned bits of like how, like how you used to be or, or not recognizing yourself now. 
um, what did that look like? Um, just your, your journey to where you are now. So I would say that I've struggled with like a little bit of anxiety for like my whole life, but for a very long time, because I was a very judgmental person, I refused to call it anxiety. I refused to say, oh, I'm depressed and things like that. I thought there was such a negative label I was putting onto myself and fearing the judgment from others if I would do that kind of stuff. But it wasn't until 2020 that then I became afraid to leave my house. And it's like, okay, this is a little more intense than I ever thought it could ever get to. And I was having like daily panic attacks, afraid to leave the house, including like going to family members' houses. Like that's how afraid I was to leave my safe space. And it was in 2021 when I felt like I had done everything. It's like, I've lost all the weight. I am taking the antibiotics. I am doing all of the cleanest eating humanly possible. I am working out seven days a week. I am doing every single thing. And it's like, why isn't it working? What's wrong with me is what I thought. It's like, why am I so broken that the things that I'm told should fix me aren't fixing me? And it wasn't until I think it was in like the beginning of 2021, my mom and I are like, okay, you're going to stop taking these antibiotics. It was a safe thing to do. Um, like it was okay for me to not consult my doctor for that. Um, but I stopped doing that. I added carbs back into my life. I added fruit back into my life. I added salt back into my life. I stopped working out every single day and I actually started trying to make my body feel safe because I realized that when you make your body feel safe, your body becomes a safe place for you. And so I like started trying to teach myself when I had a panic attacks, like Celia, you're still alive on the other side of this. You're, you are safe. You will get through it. You are okay. And then I started realizing the different, I don't know if you want to call them little T or big T traumas that I had gone through in my life that I was like, Hmm, maybe there is some stuck energy in my body and stuck emotions that I need to release and let go and stop holding on to grudges and things like that. And so I did a lot of work to work through that. And slowly but surely, I feel like I just opened up my mind to seeing things differently. And it's like, oh, so cutting out carbs wasn't helping me mentally and working out seven days a week wasn't actually relieving my stress. It was just moving my body for an hour and then still having the same stressors. And so I think together, everything kind of helped me realize it's like, oh, my body is on my team. I can be on my body's team by eating and fueling it properly and not over-exercising and realizing that I could change how I thought and felt about my body without changing my body. <laughs> and it's like, I could feel safe in my body even though I was having panic attacks. It's like, I could feel healthy, even though technically I was struggling with my health. It's like, I still have a healthy body though. So I think it's just a whole bunch of different mindset shifts that have taken me from really struggling to... I mean, I still have struggles sometimes, but I have the tools now to work through it that are actually healthy tools. 
Absolutely. And you mentioned this conversation with your mom. Was it really um, a flip of a switch and then these like changing before being actually ready to change? Like, was it a quick, let's, you know, let's get to this or were there things that you were still holding on to? Um, How, yeah. How did that shift happen? I mean, I think my parents were both kind of tired of seeing me struggle, but not like in a negative way of like, they're just tired of me going from doctor to doctor, from thing to thing, being like, this is going to be the solution to being like, okay, how are we actually going to help you now? And it was kind of just like, I think because in my head, everything I was doing was so healthy that it's like, oh, diet culture tells you cutting out carbs is healthy, that cutting out fruit is healthy and good for you. So like, I should just be so healthy then. (laughs) Like that's how my brain was thinking. But then when you get like that outside perspective of like, wait, Leah, you're not eating any carbs to fuel your brain or your body. You're not eating any fruit. You're not eating any salt. You're overly restricting. You're not eating enough. How about we just start there? Like, how about we go back to basics and start actually nourishing your body instead of depriving your body. And let's just see what happens. So I feel like it was a pretty quick switch of like, okay, the medicine I was taking, clearly not helping. (laughs) And it was also adding so much stress onto my life because I had a lot of like health anxiety. And so it's like, I made the mistake of looking up side effects and that got me into my head even more. It's like, oh my God, I'm supposed to take this to make me feel better, but I'm afraid to take it. So it's not making me feel better. It's like, take a second, calm down, Leah. And let's just go back and start by adding in the basic macronutrients and things that will help me actually feel better. And even that conversation, when you're hearing messages from everywhere, messages confirming what you're doing is great. And then even though with the best intentions, you're still hearing messages from your family. And what I hear so much from you and what you just shared and on your podcast is listening to you. Um, And that like that into like intuitive or intuition or your heart or your gut for all that, for all the intensive purposes. Um, what, and then I also heard stress and anxiety being a big part of your journey. What are the things that you implement now or that are just now in part of your life? They might not, well, you said you have tools, so maybe they do seem like tools or part of your life that you do that reduce stress, but also let you tap into that intuition with all the noise that still exists because this is because it's life and the noise, the noise just exists. So one of the tools actually that helped me so much when I was having like the panic attacks. Um, and I was just like afraid of every single feeling that my body had. So I was constantly overanalyzing my body. And I feel like even myself, I always say, listen to your body. There is an extreme of that. And there is a point where that gets too extreme and then it's not actually healthy for you to be listening to your body. But one of the things that helped me a lot was I'd be in a grocery store and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I am so hungry. And my brain instantly thinks like, oh my God, I'm so hungry. I'm going to faint because I haven't eaten enough, things like that. So I would acknowledge how I was feeling and then I would add on and I am safe. 
So I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so hungry and I am safe. And it would be, oh my God, my stomach hurts so much and I am safe. And because I was always safe after and okay after, my brain started realizing, it's like, oh, I can feel these things. I don't have to bring them up to my husband. I don't have to bring them up to my mom. And I can just realize and start reaffirming to myself that I am safe. And so that was one of the big things of like, I had given my power to everyone else, given it to the doctors, had given it to my parents in a loving way, but like I needed their affirmation, I guess, that I was going to be okay with things. And that was one of the things I had to do to like feel better and feel more calm in my body was to be like, no, Leah, I can tell myself that I'm safe and I can trust that. So I would say that those are two big tools, I guess I would say, is that if I do ever get in that headspace, I'm just like, no, I'm good. I'm safe. And I always prove it to myself because I'm always there the next day. And I guess other tools would be meditation. I also like journaling, which is something I never thought I would like to do, but I don't journal every day. I save journaling for when I have something that I just feel like I need to get out of my head. And so I've created a habit in the sense that I know I will go to journal when that moment happens, but I don't force myself to do it every day. And that's just what personally works best for me. And I would say just bringing more joy into my everyday life. And so it's like not doing things that suck the living daylights out of me (laughs) and actually doing things like going to the beach when I'm able to. And I guess that's a, a big example of like, I pushed for us to move to Florida because I knew that this was a place that I can thrive and not just survive. And you love summer. That's what, <laughs> that's yeah. what every episode I listened to a bunch today. It's like, you love summer. Um, that is so beautiful. If you don't mind, I would love to borrow the affirmation of, and I am safe. Of course. Thank you. (laughs) I feel like I speak to it. It's definitely a foundational piece because um, even in my group coaching, I teach not blatantly, but inspired by the chakra system and the root is safety. And without that foundation, all the other pieces just they're important, but they kind of crumble without that foundation. But hearing the way you use it as affirmation is really beautiful. And I don't just think of like eating disorders, disordered eating body image. I think of, um, I'm actually teaching a prenatal yoga teacher training right now and how these, all of these changes are like happening in a pregnant woman's body that are different, hence produce like fear or what, what that, what is this and anxiety and, and I am safe. And I could hear rebuttal from my rebuttal voice. That's like, well, what if I'm not? But the truth is, and a big part of my teachings is presence. The truth is in this moment, you are safe in the grocery store. You are safe or in the dressing room, putting on clothes that might cause anxiety. Um, You are safe in that moment. And I love what you added about surviving surviving the experience because that's how we build trust if we've lost trust in ourselves um and I don't know like part of my story is like decades of eating disorders and 
it's it was very hard to stand in early recovery to actually believe anything like <laughs> to believe and to believe anything other than I will never recover after like 20 plus years and it's that slow start building that trust back in yourself um so thank you for sharing that part of it too and you can start at any point um I have clients like much older than myself that they're like well it's been decades and decades like double your decades and and I say like but let's look at today or reflect upon yesterday or we have tomorrow and today to build that trust. So I love that that's part of your tool is proving <laughs> that you survive and that you are safe. Um, so, yeah, thank you for, for sharing that. Of course. Yeah, there was um a book that I read because a part of my journey is that I had a rash on my face for multiple years. And even when the rash was looking better and I just looked like a normal Leah, my lips were still in so much pain. And that's also where I got into like the neuroplasticity. So it's like, I don't care how old you are. If you want to change, you are capable of change because your brain at any age is able to think new thoughts and to change its old patterns and its old beliefs. So that was something that really helped me because the book I read, it was The Way Out by Alan Gordon. Highly recommend it for anyone who has chronic pain or just any kind of chronic anything. But it was teaching me how my lips were fine, but my brain was trying to keep me safe. And so it kept sending the signal of, no, they're in pain, Leah. Like, don't do this and don't do that and be careful of that. And so I had to like resend the signals to my brain of like, wait, wait, no, like we're good. We aren't in danger anymore. We are safe. My lips aren't in pain. I have done all of the healing I needed to do. And so it's, I think it's just empowering and I guess taking on that responsibility also a little bit of you are able to change at any age, your beliefs the pains you're going through. I believe in never surrendering and that everything is figure outable. So just don't give up. Yeah, I I love that. And it makes me think of the, I, I really might mix up the episodes of the podcast because I listened to like a bunch of them and a lot of them are on the shorter side, but it was something, maybe eight tips to like wearing what you want to wear. And to me, that's a lot of the neuroplasticity and like retraining your brain as opposed to changing your body to fit your clothes. Well, number one, make sure your clothes actually fit right. But instead of changing your body to fit the clothes that do fit, um, we're like learning how to like get comfortable with what is exactly like more than comfortable, but first comfortable <laughs> like yeah. before like embracing and like shouting from the rooftops. Like I love my body just as it is, which I think honestly would be the future that I want my children to live in honestly. But I know we're like, you know, so far from that, but even before that is just like that slowly building comfort in your own skin. And I thought that was so beautifully done with these stages of like being comfortable in clothes that number one, that mentally might not feel comfortable based on societal like expectations or judgments, but also physically might not be comfortable because 
of your own judgments and how you feel in your skin. I loved that one. So do you think that I'm in the right kind of vein with it having to do with like changing the mind, like that neuroplasticity that you speak of with physical pain too? For sure. Because it's like, it's going to be uncomfortable trying to get comfortable because part of the neuroplasticity is like questioning the thoughts that you've been thinking already. And so it's like society tells you buy the clothes that are too small. Society tells you that it makes sense to feel uncomfortable in your own skin. Society tells you to do the negative self-talk and that it's so common and so normal. And so it's starting to question the things you've been taught for years, your entire life, probably while you were in the womb. And it's starting to question them and be like, wait, do I want to keep thinking these thoughts? Like, how are they actually helping me if they continue to make me feel like shit? It's not actually serving you. And it's not, I think a lot of us think these negative thoughts and continue to have these beliefs because we think it's going to prevent us from being judged. But worrying about what other people think, worrying about what you're going to wear, all of these things don't prevent judgment. I like to say that the things that prevent judgment is stop going into non-welcoming and inclusive environments. Stop going into environments that you know the people are judgmental. Put yourself into an environment that you know is safe and trustworthy and welcoming. Yeah. And you get there by listening to your, your intuition, right? Yes. Um, but it, it break, that brings me right to, I'm like such a professor of meaning I profess, like I'm not a professor, like I do, you know, anyway, um, I share a lot about the four agreements. And the second one is about just not taking anything personally. I feel like just saying the title doesn't really like get to the point of what he's saying, but it's that when we are immune to, well, first of all, recognizing that those judgments, they actually might be happening. Someone might be thinking, why is this woman wearing this or, um, but that, but that has nothing to do with you. It actually has to do with their own conditioning and their own like history and their own feelings probably about themselves. And then the second is once we become immune to that, um, we are joyful and can live freely and have all that space, (laughs) like in that space that we speak of to thrive, to live life um, joyfully and have more fun. I loved fun as your tool. Um, but yeah, I think about that all of the time that the judgments might be real. Um, do you get any judgments from what you put out there? Because I feel like, um, I tend to stay like neutral. I still am like, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm not saying I'm old, but I'm old. I'm not in like a generation that grew up with social media. So I don't necessarily enjoy it. And I try to stay quite neutral. Perhaps it's a fear thing or, you know, but you put it all out there. Like you are very, and again, that's why I want more people to see you and follow you and hear you. Do you receive judgment? Not for how my body looks. I would say I don't, I don't think I've had any comments like that for how my body looks, but I do get the judgment in the comments of very fat phobic men is nine out of time, nine out of 10 times men who don't have a profile picture. They have a random name and they are making rude comments. And 
I struggle because it doesn't impact me and how I think and feel about my body anymore, but I will do my best to be politely going back and forth with them until it gets to a point where it's like, okay, there's no getting through to them. They're just going to keep coming back with their ignorant, fat phobic comments. And I don't want other women who are struggling with their body image to see those comments because even though they can see, oh, it's a guy, he has no profile picture, he should have no credibility on how they think and feel about their body, but oh, it's more proof that how they think and feel about their body is right. He is right. And it's like, no, he's not. So I just start deleting them. But I would say I don't think I've had them about my body. Um... I don't think my account is large enough for that yet, possibly on TikTok. Um, but yeah, I would just be like, okay, have fun with that comment. You're good. It's and that's fine. interesting because my question, I actually didn't mean about your body. Oh. <laughs> but no, it's totally fine because I really appreciate hearing that. And then, you know, the people without the profile. But I even meant from like speaking out and saying like, throw out your scale or the, the, Hey, carbs are okay. I'm wondering if like people, or even just this really bold and beautiful statement of like, you don't need to lose weight or change your body. You are just, your body is not the problem. Even your, your title. Um, I just meant had anyone like from diet culture been like, well, you know, (laughs) I was just curious at that, but I love how you heard the question and um I appreciate hearing the answer and you're wanting to protect people from someone that you feel quite fine combating or conversing actually you said nicely so having a conversation <laughs> with but the whole like how it expands but I'm curious just about the messaging and what you're putting out there is anyone challenged or have you felt judgment those comments come from the same guys. It comes from the same men who probably, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not going to make a mean comment because that's fighting fire with fire. I don't like it, but it's coming from the same men with no profile picture. And they're just like, they're so firm in their ways. But part of that, I think is because no one has ever questioned them. No one has ever told me like, Hey, you don't make a comment about someone's body. You don't, say that stuff in public you shouldn't think it also but no one has ever told them that it's not right but I would say a lot of people misunderstand that your body is not the problem because they're like they take it into oh but they take it really extreme if you're 400 pounds and you're five foot two and it's like no you're not understanding one even in that situation I personally I have no clue just by looking at someone or hearing that how healthy they are. I have no clue what they're doing to take care of their health. But the whole point of your body is not the problem is that your body is not the problem holding you back from feeling how you want to feel. It's not the thing holding you back from feeling beautiful, from feeling confident, from feeling healthy, is not holding you back from anything. So in that sense, your body is not the problem. But people take it's like, oh, but my body, it's missing a leg. It's it's something. (laughs) It's like, your body is still not the problem. Your body is still on your team, even if you're missing a leg. It probably did something in order to keep the rest of your body, right? So I would say that those comments still come from the same men. And I would say it's all just misguided people. Because I guess I used to have the same thoughts as them. 
Mm. When I was deep into diet culture, when I was deep into the fitness industry, when I had made my body a part of my business from being a fitness coach, I thought the same things of like, oh, losing weight at any size in any way is super healthy. That's, I believe that to be like in my bones. And now it's just like, because I started questioning those beliefs and I started putting myself into a different environment, I now understand that's not the case. That's not a fact. But I feel like the people who make those comments and judgments, they just haven't opened up their mind to being wrong (laughs) or to questioning their beliefs. And no one's told them, hey, don't make that comment. Like, if you have nothing nice to say, then don't say anything at all. Yeah, I I mean, I love that. And I also loved hearing a more in-depth definition of the title, Your Body Is Not The Problem. Um, and changing it will not be the solution, um, which which brings me to the question about your podcast. When did you start it? What was that like? Why? What was the inspiration? Um, what are and then I'll stick with that, and then I'll do the end then afterwards. So I started Your Body Is Not the Problem podcast. It was the beginning of August last year, and it is because my husband and I we picked up everything from Canada and we moved to Florida. And we moved to Florida, I think it was August 1st of 2022. And I'm not allowed to work here because of the work visa that Graham got. And so because of that, I was like, okay, well, like, I'm happy to live the beach life. I am not mad about going to the beach every day, which I do. But I still wanted a different way of being able to help the women that I want to help with their body image. And people had mentioned me doing a podcast in the past. And I was like, "Mm, no, like back in 2018, I hated the sound of my voice. So I was like, that's never going to happen. And like so many limiting beliefs of like, I had a speech pathologist tell me I would never be able to speak properly. And now I have a podcast. So it's like, what? But so I started it just as another way to support women and provide more value and I actually enjoy it so much more than Instagram now which is interesting because I used to be an Instagram crazy person posting like three reels a day and now I would much rather post a podcast I actually feel the same way if I have an idea I'm like think about Instagram and it just feels exhausting to like put that idea out in 90 seconds and I'm like, I'm just going to go to my closet or sit in my car. You have a really nice setup. <laughs> but I'm just gonna... I do it in the closet also normally. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, I agree with that as well. And um, so that, that was the beginning and getting past those limiting beliefs. What do you see as, I guess, goals or like a vision, maybe vision, um, for your podcast and I guess what you do. Yeah. So my goal, uh, when I am allowed to work is to still, I, I think as of right now only do the podcast because I think it's so cool that I could make a full-time income through the podcast without ever charging the person that I'm providing Mm -hmm. the value to. So because before when we were still in Canada, like I was working on like a program, like a coaching program, one-on-one group coaching, things like that. And I never had in my mind that I was ever going to have a podcast. Because again, if you had asked me a couple of years ago, I'd be like, yeah, have fun with that. No way that is that happening. 
And now I think it's just so cool how like I could have financial freedom for myself, for my family, for my husband and never charge the person that I am just providing so much value to. And it's just the more money I would make is just based off of giving more free value to the people that I want to help. So I think that's kind of like, I'm not sure if I took your question in the wrong way, but, um, that's my plan currently. Um, and we shall see because I probably can't earn money until like 2025 anyways. So as of right now, it's still continuing to just put out more value on my podcast for free twice a week. I love it. Yeah, no, that is totally the question is like really focusing on building that and that you find joy in it and ease and fun as well. I'm looking at, I want to go to the show. I just feel like everyone should go not only listen to your podcast, but I'm going to do like a double request of the listeners, please. (laughs) Because I know you might have a different kind of like rapport with your listeners, but I know you're out there listening. Let Leah know your takeaways. Follow Leah on Instagram. It'll be in the show notes. It's it's simple. Is it like underscore Leah Tang? Yes. Okay. Uh, but it'll be in the show notes. Follow her podcast. Um, just kind of FYI, would you like, can I read some of the titles of your podcast episodes? For sure. Oh my goodness. Just, I, I feel like the audience that I am, so my podcast would, and I still hold this space is I want to be a platform for people that are out there doing really amazing things and have a voice that I want to help it be heard, um, people be seen and heard. So I do have kind of different guests on, right? Like that are not all in the same vein and theme, but I want um, to, my my own personal goal is to have more of you and, and people that are out there um, speaking pro body acceptance, body love, um, food freedom, intuitive eating, um, intuitive living, um, joyful living, uh, recovery. I want more. That's those are my podcast goals. I know no <laughs> no one asked me, but I'm hoping as I do that, the audience that I speak to would find these titles. I just it's so good. Um, So I, this is the one I really love this morning, my eight step method to wearing what you want this summer. Um, and another one, how, oh, this one's so good. How to reset on bad body image days. Um, I do love the no comment one. I know that title isn't like as alluring, um, Saying what it is, oh, so good. Saying it is what it is, is not acceptance. Um, even the body Q&A summer edition, I don't know. I've listened to to many of them in a short period of time. But um, I guess I my big like calling out to everyone is, is like, this is what you just said. Your whole uh, dream is to have like people to be able to ex- access this free content right? And implement and make these changes. Um, how did you come up with, I know I'm sticking with this eight eight steps, but how did you come up with this? Was this part of your personal journey? I just found it really like perfect. It's, it's like a gentle exposure therapy, if you will. And how did you come up with that? It's exactly what I did 
in order to be able to wear a crop top back in 2021. Yeah. And I had purchased um, from, I don't know if you say Shein or Sheen. I think it's Sheen, but I don't know. But I had purchased a crop top and like a couple dresses or something from there. And I never wore crop tops, but I was like, I want to wear a crop top <laughs> and I don't know what I'm going to do about it, but I'm going to buy it first. So I bought a crop top. It was so comfortable because it's like, I don't know if it's called like shirt maybe, but it's like the really stretchy material. So it was, I knew it was going to fit and I got the crop top and I was like, okay, <laughs> I don't want to wear this out in public. <laughs> and so instead I just started by wearing it in our house maybe graham was at the grocery store or working so it's like i'm literally just by myself i'm just gonna wear the crop top that's it i don't have to go outside i don't have to have anyone see me and while i was doing it i was also working on my mindset and the thoughts that in the past had held me back from wearing a crop top so for example i had an experience once where i saw someone make make a comment about someone else wearing a crop top that was only showing an inch of their stomach and say how inappropriate it was. And then, and then things like going to Catholic school where we had uniforms and on the dress down days, like you couldn't wear spaghetti straps and don't show your shoulders. And all of these things I had been taught over the years were inappropriate. It's like, but it's just a stomach. (laughs) It is literally just a shoulder. It is just a stomach. And that's, the mindset shifts I had to start making in order to feel more comfortable wearing the crop top. The other one was that I realized I was like, wait, I have no issue wearing a bikini though. Like I never necessarily felt confident wearing a bikini for a very long time, but I would still wear a bikini. I was like, that shows way more skin than a crop top. So what's, what's the difference? And I started finding those different like proof or facts for my brain to be like, oh, like, how am I supposed to fight back on that logic? (laughs) Like, I'm not sure. So I started by just wearing it around in the house. I remember I would wear it like on our balcony because I was like, I don't know our neighbors. I don't, I don't know them. So that helps. I'd wear it on our balcony to like get some sun. I would then go out in the car, but I wouldn't get out of the car. I would just get into the car, sit, make Graham go and run groceries and get them and then come back. And then I go straight back to the house. And then the next thing I did was I went for walks in our neighborhood again, not knowing anyone, but slowly putting myself out there all while still working on my mindset. So it's like thoughts of no one's paying attention to me. No one knows that this is the first time I'm wearing a crop top in public. Nobody knows that. And also another thing I started doing was if I was out and about and I saw someone else wearing a crop top, I'd be like, yeah, you go, girl. And proving to myself that other women or people in general can lift you up instead of tearing you down or making a negative comment about your body or when you're wearing a crop top of people of all sizes. And so I did that with walking around our neighborhood. And then I would go into a grocery store. Again, if you go into a Costco or a Walmart, people aren't paying attention to you. They want to get in and out as fast as possible. They do not know. It's your first time wearing shorts out in public or that it's your first time wearing a crop top or even a dress, whatever it may be for you. They don't know that. And then the last, I guess, 
last step before you just wear it and you're good was I would wear it to like family gatherings, not around my grandparents, but that's okay. I went and did it around like my mom and my husband, my brother, my niece, that kind of stuff. And then I was like, okay, it's cool. I'll be honest. I probably wouldn't wear a crop top in front of my grandparents. Feels like something that just you don't do. And you can (laughs) if you want to. That's like, I know I can if I wanted to. But I think there's also a point where it's like, you know that they're going to want to make a comment. And if you don't feel like dealing with those comments, it's like, I don't wear jeans with holes in them to visit my grandparents. I still wear what I want to wear, but I just don't wear that. But I wear a crop top and also with or jeans with holes in them wherever else I want to go. Right. So I think it's also like there can be exceptions, but that is what I did to feel comfortable wearing a crop top out in public. And you can use it for wearing whatever you want to wear. No, I love it. And it's so, it, I feel like to some people, it sounds like just this simple, just wear, you know, just eat the cookie, you know, like, just. but people who, and I relate on so many levels. And also I do work with women postpartum as well. And again, through perimenopause and menopause and body changes and things like that, it's a huge deal. It's not a just eat the cookie intuitive eating. It's not a just wear the crop top or the shorts or the tank top. Um, And so I found like that process really powerful. And I love how you always say like, it's not a one size fits all, Um, (laughs) which I love that too. But um, is that you might need to spend um, more time in one stage or one phase of that process um, or you might skip a couple steps. Like it's going to look, look, look different for everyone. Um, but what a feeling actually, that's my, my question. Before, I'm going to try to be respectful of, of the time. So this will be my last question before the last question. How did it feel when it wasn't, you weren't so hyper fixated, like you wore the t- crop top joyfully or or in life, like without deliberation. What did that feel like? It's interesting because I don't think I was thinking about how it was feeling. I was just focused on what I was doing. And I think that's such a amazing thing that when you start feeling more comfortable in what you're wearing, because it fits you properly and you've worked on your mindset that you're not going to be consumed by thoughts about your body. And even if they're good thoughts about your body, you're just more consumed with the memories that you're making and having fun and living life. So I honestly, I don't remember. And I think that's probably why, because it's like I was teaching my brain to not be thinking about my body and essentially in any way is like no brain focused on being present Present. and being present means I know what I picked out to wear. (laughs) I know that it fits my body. I know that it feels good. I know that I feel good mentally. This kind of end of discussion, right? It's like now it's like, what dinner are we having? That food tastes really good. Where are we going for a walk? I think those are the things that I was feeling when I was feeling good wearing what I wanted to wear. I love that so much. And it reminds me of, again, why like this path 
to like guide women on can be tricky sometimes because maybe there isn't like bells and whistles and a party that goes off the second you can wear this clothing item without obsession. What happens is life. And I'm actually, it brings back this memory. I was in a business mentorship program and sharing like what I want is to support women so they heal and strengthen their relationship with food in their body so they can, and I wrote like live abundantly or live their lives. And then they would, the coaches would come back and they'd be like, so that they can, and I'm like, I don't know, so that they can get the job of their dreams or go to the beach or look good naked. I'm like, no, just so they can like not be, I'm I'm trying not to curse. I don't know if it does anything to podcast, but so they can like not be obsessed and preoccupied and their entire life was the most important thing was either getting smaller or restricting or not binging or, you know, you know, the whole psych, I mean, all of it, um, all consuming, the end result would be like you just said, and it's funny, my natural impulse was, was to be like, what was the result of like coming out of this eight step crop top thing? And you're like, I, it just was life. And that's perfect. So thank you for saying that because that is, the truth and that is like that's the beauty yeah I will say that like sometimes Graham and I will be like oh my god can you believe I just wore that and it's like sometimes that there's a moment like that but otherwise it's like no Leah get back to being present it doesn't matter that you're wearing this because it shouldn't be a big deal and sometimes Graham's like well it is still a big deal though from what you came from and how you used to feel But it's like, I don't want to give my brain the power again of like feeling like it's like scary or out of the ordinary and things like that. So it's just like, no, I wore it. That's cool. That's that. I love it. Um, And so I would love to ask if there's someone who is um, still who's listening, who is still in that space where they don't believe that you could be so neutral about your body without having to change it or get smaller. Um, What would, and they're just like, that's good for you, Leah. Good for you, Sarah, that you've found that. Um, I know it's for some people, but truly I don't believe it's possible for me to be in neutrality or acceptance or eventually like love and appreciation. What would you say to a person in that mind space right now? Great question. That question is like the question I'm trying to figure out like fully because I have had so many people say that it's like, oh, well, it's easy for you to say like you're in a smaller body now or easy for you to say like if I looked like you and it's like, no, my body isn't the exception. Your body isn't the exception. My body's not the problem. Your body's not the problem. And I would say probably go listen to my episode of 10 ways to know your body is not the problem. It's near the beginning, maybe like the second, no, it might be the 10th episode, but I would say that. And another example I like to give is let's say you are a size 12. You feel so uncomfortable in your skin. You feel super insecure. You have really bad negative self-talk. You're, you're a size 12 right now. And because of life, because of stress, maybe because of under eating, 
you go up to a size 14, maybe even a size 16, and you continue to hate your body every step of the way, but you hated your body when you were a size 12 and you've continued all the way to a size 16. And now you're like, I'm going to start this crazy diet. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And you start losing weight. And all of a sudden out of 14, you're celebrating and you're like, Woo, I'm a 14 again. And you get to the 12 and you're like, oh my gosh, like I feel so good. It's like, you could have felt that good in the beginning. You didn't have to feel insecure about your body at that size because so often we feel crappy in our body because we're putting too much importance on the size. We're using all of the labels that society has given us for those sizes. And that's mentally making us feel crappy, which is physically making us feel crappy. But it's like, if you could be celebrating and happy back at that size that you once were, you could have been happy the first time. And just realizing that your body is not the problem. The way you think about your body is the problem. Of course, take care of your health. But I think when you realize that your body isn't the problem and you can be more neutral and accepting and loving of your body, you get better long lasting results because you go about it in a healthy, sustainable and fun way. Whereas when you're like, oh, I just need to lose weight. That's my only option. Good for you, Leah. Like I can never feel that way about my body. And I just need to do this and that and this and that. And once I'm skinny, then I'll be happy. It's those thoughts that are holding you back from feeling good in your body right now. And again, that's not saying it's like the, it, it is what it is episode. Acceptance of your body is not settling. Settling of your body, settling for your body is not acceptance. And so just realizing that your body is not the problem. Your body is not the exception. If I can feel this way in my skin right now, which I'm a size that the old Leah would have been like, holy crap, you are so ugly. You need to lose weight. You need to get on a diet. How dare you wear those shorts or that tank top? And Graham probably thinks you're ugly. If I can feel so good in my skin right now at this size, it's possible for you to at any size because your body is not the problem. Yeah. And if people wish to work on how they feel about their body, it doesn't start with a diet. It starts exactly. with with the mind. Um, yes. I love that. Thank you. And yeah, I mean, I also know, I love your example, like the literal example. And it just reminded me of how many crazy things start happening to your mind during dieting and weight loss. And it just, it definitely brought back memories. There was actually no small enough on my journey. And there was no like, I'm here, I'm happy. And that is a result of all the like chemical hormone changes, all the stuff that goes on when you're manipulating your weight by manipulating and controlling food. And so that's a huge slippery slope in relying on a number or the body as being um, a, a landing place for happiness and acceptance. Yeah. For me, it wasn't until I got to my smallest that I realized my body was not the problem. Cause I got to my smallest and I'm like, I'm still unhealthy. I'm still not happy. I still feel insecure. I still don't see my body clearly. Like I, at my smallest, I did not see my body being that small. And 
it was realizing that if I had gotten to that point, it's like, you can't keep saying the next five pounds, the next five pounds, because the next five pounds isn't going to solve what's going on in your head. Cause that's where you need to start because it's the thoughts of, Oh, it's when I'm skinny. It's when I lose the next five pounds that is holding you back from living life and actually being neutral or loving towards your body. I love that. And I love just the message that it's possible for anyone to make that change. And as much as mindset work um, is a challenge, once you begin, there is flow. Like once you begin a diet as a solution, there's the yo-yo. And again, this never ending, this just never ending hell. (laughs) I I don't know what to say. But with the mind work, um, the challenge I truly think is like taking the, I I say like the first step is taking the first step. And that first step is just the hardest step. And then there is like a flow that happens once you get started. And I would just love everyone's first step to be (laughs) to listen to Leah's podcast from episode one and just go for it. Um, Because it's, it is, it's, it's the mindset, it's the tips. And I love how you give tips, but say, but the mindset work has to accompany the tips too, because, and um, taking action cracks the door open to the mindset work as well, but it can't be like bypassed. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's like you were saying that buying clothes that actually fit you, that is where you start because that's going to help make the mindset work even easier. It's like, stop having the motivation clothes in your closet. They're not actually motivating you. Absolutely. Oh, and then I got a little like facial response from you that says you're not pressed on time. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'll, I'll go with that because you definitely um, brought my, brought to mind the the throw out the scale um, thing, because you were saying, get rid of, <laughs> get rid of the um, clothes, the goal clothes or whatever people call them, but also would, and I know it takes people different amounts of time, just like the exposure therapy with wearing something comfortable, but let's, let's bring up the scale. Let's do it. Oh, the scale. <laughs> <laughs> we might be here for a while. <laughs> Um, I used to weigh myself every single time I did something that could impact my weight. So I was weighing myself like five, six times a day. It's like, as soon as I wake up after I eat every meal, before I work out, after I work out, before I go to sleep, I was weighing myself so much. And it's also interesting because I don't remember having a scale like during high school in the house. And I don't think... I got one until university, but I don't think I like went out and bought a scale. I feel like it was maybe like a roommate scale. And that's how I knew I was like, oh, I'm starting to gain weight. And I just, I let it dictate every single decision that I made of what I wear, what I eat, when I eat, how much I eat, how hard I push in a workout, what workout do I do and how good am I allowed to feel today? What am I allowed to wear? I let it dictate everything for me and I thought it was so healthy and I couldn't see how unhealthy it was to put all of my power 
into the scale and all of my decisions into the scale instead of just being like, hey, body, how's it going? What would you like to eat today? When are you full? Or what workout do you want to do today? It's like I was putting all of it into the scale and instead of my body. And the day that I realized, I was like, ooh, I (laughs) need to stop something with this scale is I think it was the middle of 2020. So it took me about a year to officially stop using the scale. But I think it was the summer of 2020 that I woke up and I was like, oh my God, like I feel really good. I have a good amount of energy. Like this is great. I went to step on the scale and it didn't show me a number that I expected it to show me because I was like, I'm feeling so good. It's got to be a weight loss day. Like it has to be. And then like, I think the scale just didn't move. And in that split second is like, I almost let the scale and what it said completely make me forget that I woke up feeling so good with so much energy. It's like my mood and my energy just like flatlined. And it's like, but I woke up feeling so good. I gave the scale so much power to just completely turn around my day. And that's when I was like, um, maybe this isn't actually helping me too much. And all of the times where it's like, oh, the scale would go up and I would make the assumption I got to work out more. It's like, no, maybe you actually need more sleep or maybe you're, you're holding on to extra water from being extra sore in your workouts. So I was making the wrong decisions as if I knew exactly what the scale was trying to tell me. And so it was almost two years. Oh my goodness. So it's either this month or next month that it'll be two years that I have not stepped on a scale at all. And I've had opportunities to, and I'm just like, how is that going to help me? I don't want to know what I weigh because that slows me down from just listening to my body. And I guess just as one quick example, I mentioned how my brother is a pilot So he has his private pilot's license and he took Graham and I up in this small little plane. I was like, oh my God, it's so cool. Like my brother is flying us over Florida and he's like, okay, but you guys, like, I need to know what you weigh. And I was like, oh, like, I don't know what I weigh, but it's a safety thing. And I was very appreciative of him because he was very understanding, didn't make fun of me or anything. We went to his house because he has a scale and I walked onto it backwards. He took down the information and then I went on with my day and he was the only person who needed that information. I didn't need to know what I weighed in order to go up in the plane. He needed to know so that he could make sure we're balanced in like the front and the back part of the plane so that like we're safe. But I realized it's like, I didn't need to know why put myself through that. Even if it's like, a oh, it's just once I don't own a scale. It's like, I already started picturing how my brain could take that information of like, it still remembers what I used to weigh and all the judgments that could come up and all the comparisons and all the things that could happen. It's like, why put myself through that if I don't have to? And I like to argue there is never a point where you have to put yourself through that on a scale I have like chills down my arms with that story and getting on backwards and like really staying firm in what you know supports your journey and like 
your sanity <laughs> and just um but the the take the big takeaway for me was you being in a great mood and being hyper aware that that was like might be taken away if you let yourself go there and you seem to have had enough like again it would it would go back to awareness that you weren't going to let that happen in the moment but um that and that it was dictating so many actions and behaviors so that was like a profound step and I and I love how you shared one of the first steps in um body neutrality and acceptance is getting clothes that fit (laughs) this is our second (laughs) second clothes do you have any um do you have two more like starter tips for people just in general um people who are looking to stop changing their body and stop the like endless cycle of of diet or even like mentally maybe they're not like taking action on it but mentally like beating up themselves and and their bodies um I would say step one is clothes that fit. And do you have a couple more steps that would be a good starting place if people wish to kind of make that mental shift? I would highly recommend getting rid of the scale. Like I said, it took me a year to get rid of it. I started by like leaving my clothes on top of it. So I just didn't see it first thing in the morning. And then maybe I'd go on with my day and be like, ah, crap, because I was so strict with like, I have to have that number first thing in the morning. Once I started going on with my day, cause I didn't see it first thing in the morning. I was like, Oh, I don't want to weigh myself now because it's not going to be accurate, accurate. But so starting to like hide the scale, move it, get rid of it. If you want to just go cold Turkey with the scale, but because you may not realize it right now, but it is probably dictating a lot of the thoughts you're thinking about yourself. And I personally like to think that nine out of 10 times when you step on that scale, not like to think because it's not a good thing, but nine out of 10 times when you step on the scale, it makes you feel crappy. And that one out of 10 times, you still end up feeling crappy. Even when it goes in the direction that you want it to go in or you think it should go in, you're then left feeling stressed because you're like, oh my God, how do I maintain this? How do I keep getting more? What did I do right? And like, you're, you're back to feeling stressed. So it's not actually making you feel good. So 10 out of 10 times, the scale makes you feel crappy. So I would highly recommend doing your best. It's going to be so uncomfortable, especially if you were like me and you were weighing yourself so many times per day. It's been a habit that society and everyone has said it's so healthy. And I guess just like start questioning, is it actually healthy if it's making you feel crappy? And if it's not serving you mentally, how is it serving you physically? And so first tip, start getting rid of that scale. And I would say the second tip would be on social media, unfollow all of the diety people, unfollow all of the people that make it look like they work out seven days a week and start, I guess, questioning that um, while they say, oh, I'm so healthy because I'm doing this workout program and I'm eating this way. It's like, you don't actually know how they think and feel about their body. So you doing what they're doing to eat and move their body doesn't guarantee that you feel any better about your body because they may not feel better about their body. And that may be why they do some more extreme things. So being cautious of who you follow on Instagram, go start following more people of all shapes and sizes so that you can start 
proving to your mind that people of all shapes and sizes are worthy, can have fun, can live life. And I guess a third tip, I guess just start becoming aware of when you have like self-deprecating humor or negative self-talk and start just bring up that awareness of like, that doesn't actually sound very nice. I like to say, it's like, don't say that to my friend. (laughs) So just start becoming aware because you have to first become aware of where you are being negative towards your body in order to analyze it and replace it. So I'd say, get rid of the scale, change who you follow on social media and awareness awareness oh my gosh (laughs) I'm with you I'm hanging on your words so thank you yeah awareness of when the negative self-talk inner critic judgment comes up yes beautiful um yeah I just posted on social media about I I kept seeing the advertisements or sponsored ads for like when you see yourself younger and part, I don't know, it's like you're old and then you look and it shows you like younger you. And I was like, that could be like really healing. Like that seems like a cool use of AI. I don't know. I was just thinking. Then I went to the app and it's one of those apps that are like, that shrink your thighs and shrink your weight. And I got off of it. I was like, what the, and I really am, I'm busy. So I don't have time to be poking around very much. And when I saw that, I was like, oh my God. So my message was like, there's probably a huge percentage of what you're looking at that seems in in society standards perfection that's just not real. And then on the other side of it, I had the best time with my girls at Lion Country Safari, which I don't know how long you've been in Florida, but it's super fun. And there's like a water park component to it. And all these women, mostly moms, all shapes and sizes, and I'm just in swimsuits and whatever. I'm like, go be around real people. Like go to the beach. Don't get all of your like social, like, um, interaction from social media, but also like your idea of what people actually look like and just go to a water park or like a beach. And I know people are listening from cold places. I don't know, but, you know, be around real people and real bodies or follow accounts that are speaking body positive and, and acceptance in all sizes, like, like you said, but also if you're able to get out there around real people in bathing suits, it's, and see their beauty. Like that was really powerful for me. I'm like, look at that mom and that mom and like, they're joyful and they like, you know, are loving life and living life. And so I, I really appreciate that one and the awareness and it's hard when there's so much noise. That's why I love that you shared a meditation practice and even journaling, getting the hamster wheel to like pause for a moment. To me, that's what journaling does. You get that shit that spirals like out of your mind and journaling and talking, phoning a friend, having a coach, like um, but, uh, awareness takes pausing because especially if you're so used to these thoughts and actually I was having a, a conversation, I'll call it yesterday. And I saw someone catch her negative self-talk and it was so cool. Actually, I see my clients do that. Oh, one that says can't all the time, <laughs> it's like, I can't, or I'll never be able to. And 
since we've worked together, she'll hear her cans like on a amplified a thousand times. She's like, oh, I know we don't say that. And right now it's my voice that is the kinder, more gentle and compassionate voice. But soon it will be her voice. It just, um, it takes time. So I love that awareness and also pausing to be able to hear really what's going on. Um, and I, oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say 100%. And the one thing I wanted to add about bathing suits and going to the beach, cause I was talking about this with someone and she's like, but I just know that they're staring at me. And I was like, the only way you know they're staring at you is if you're staring at them. <laughs> so it's like, can you really be mad at them if you're also staring? But there are so many other things that someone can be doing or thinking rather than looking at you and making a negative judgment. Because that's, I think, what I think most of us automatically assume when we're at the beach or at a pool or wherever. And they're like, oh, they're looking at me like, They must be thinking that my cellulite is ugly because that's what you think, but they could be thinking I have those same shorts or looking right past you or daydreaming or thinking you look like someone they know or thinking I want to go give them a compliment, but society has made it so awkward to go give someone a compliment who you don't know. So maybe that's why they're staring. There could be so many other reasons, but yeah, go to the beach, go anywhere and just find proof. Because it is so different than social media. Because when you're bringing that up, it was making me think of like the different Florida beach girls that I have followed. And it's like, you could get so in your head of like, that is just going to fill the beaches of Florida and (laughs) wherever you live. And then you go to the beach and you're like, there's people of all shapes and sizes just focused on themselves and focused on having fun. I love it. Um, well, I'm grateful. I love your tips. Thank you for, for sharing. And I'm so grateful to get to know you. My intention is to have you back on this podcast. I also have a group. I know I reached out to you about, but a group of women with similar missions. Um, I really want to do a deep dive into like the next generation and their exposure to diet culture, but also I'd rather focus more on like the opposite of that and how to have, again, a probably (laughs) selfish intention is like how to support little ones to meaning like children and small, you know, young children to not be bombarded with these images, number one, that aren't real. And um, I just learned, I don't want to get into this, but I just learned the almond mom thing. I had no idea Um, and so just like how to have our kids be kids, not go through the adolescence and twenties and, you know, that I went through and that, you know, it's, it's not just that, but it's on a big scale and big (laughs) like voice and platform because, um, yeah, that's, that's my mission. And so I want to, want to continue with, with that conversation of like this, this new, like the, the upcoming generation. And, um, it's, it's funny because this intuition to children isn't something they have to strive for. I watch it. I watch it and they know what to grab, when to grab, when to, you know, what to wear and like until X, Y, and Z. And I'm still in the 
magic of my children, like following their intuition. And I'm always on the lookout for like the friends. I'm like, I try to be like the cool mom that blends in the background that all the kids want to have around so I can hear what they're saying to my kid. (laughs) And so um, I can, I have heard trickles of things that send off some red flags. I haven't seen it in the home, but I know now they're not home, you know, they're, they're out, (laughs) They're, they're at camp right now. And I have to pick them up shortly, but, um, so, so that's like something to look forward to everyone for like future conversations. But in the meantime, please, uh, share your takeaways with Leah, with myself it, and then go listen to her podcast. And for both of our podcasts, I don't even know if this is true, but they say that if you review it, it's very helpful. Okay. Leah's nodding. Um, so it like such a small amount of time in the tons of minutes in a day is to leave a review. <laughs> Let us know your takeaways and um, and even like a message to let us know what you want to hear more of. Um, what along with the takeaways, what are what are you curious about on these topics? So thank you for listening. And then a big thank you. Thank you, Leah. I am so grateful for your time today. I'm so grateful to get to know you and um, yeah, that you said yes to be here. So is there anything I missed? (laughs) If you want to share anything else, I'll give you this opportunity before we say goodbye. Yeah. Thank you again so much for having me. I look forward to the future ones because this was so much fun. And I think just leaving it on the note of your body is not the problem, period. I love it. Thank you all. And wishing you peace, power, and presence today.